Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. How was your Thanksgiving? We didn't even say happy Thanksgiving to any of our listeners. (laughs) We're such assholes. I know. I forgot. (laughs) I'm sorry, you guys. Um, Yeah, Thanksgiving was fun. Happy belated Thanksgiving to all. I I feel like, and this will be funny to hear the reaction if any of them are listening, but this is my third Yesenda Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and the journey that I've made as a girlfriend from first Thanksgiving to third Thanksgiving. I'm like really at the other end of the spectrum now. We're like first Thanksgiving, like cute outfit, super polite, like on my toes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what you're about to say about your outfit, but we oh, no, I had a cute outfit. <laughs> accidentally like wore the same outfit. So I'm like, do not rip that outfit. Cause I wore no, 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 no. <laughs> I had an even cuter outfit this year, but I'm just talking about like in terms of effort, I I like, you know, there's just like, I was really putting my best, best foot forward. And it's like, it was like a little, it's just a little nerve wracking the first time you're at like an actual family event of like, you're not your family. And, uh, uh, wow. This year, aside from my, as you said, adorable outfit, my pants from whimsy and row, I had a good American (laughs) top. I was on point. I was so like lazy and at home and borderline rude. I was the first person to nap. I didn't lift a fucking finger. I didn't wash a dish. I didn't do anything. I like, I looking back, it was like at the end of Thanksgiving, I was going to bed and I was like, oh, wow. Was I an asshole? I, but I was how I act when I'm at home with my family. Like now I'm just Mm -hmm. so comfortable, but I say that knowing I'm an asshole to my own family. So (laughs) I don't know like what, and I'm sure you feel this way too. I don't know what the etiquette is when you're being hosted by someone else. You know what I mean? Like if you throw a party at your house, you don't want your guests like doing dishes and helping make food and all of that. Yeah. You want everyone to be comfortable. And that was certainly, you know, if that's the case, then mission accomplished you send us because your girl was very, very, very comfortable, very at home, not lifting a finger to the point of like, after dinner, I like went up to Tony's mom and was like, "Mm, now I'm hungry for pie. Like I could have just gotten myself pie. She was like, oh yeah, let me, I'll get you pie. Like we, so she fixed me some pie, but I was like, okay, so that is maybe, maybe next year I can challenge myself to like lift a finger every once in a while, but it was, it was downright lovely, very crisp outside, but not too cold. We watched that very, very painful, painful loss to the Timberwolves mm-hmm. um, at the Wells Fargo center uh, right after. And then we came home. So how was your Thanksgiving? That's fun. Um, it was good. I went to my mom's house and we make a scallops, a scallop potato every year. And I like 11 years ago was, you know, put in charge of slicing the potatoes with a mandolin. Um, and I got a lecture about how the mandolin is sharp and you can cut your finger off with it, blah, blah, blah. And then I proceeded to not use the handle to slice the potatoes and slice ah! my thumb practically off. Like I cut so deep. It was like, there was a debate about going to urgent care. My mom was like, 
I'm not taking you to urgent care on Thanksgiving. Um, So anyway, I was banned from doing that for 11 years and I finally got the opportunity to do it again this year. And everyone was like, Oh, be careful. But my mom let me do it. And I used the handle the entire time. So good for me. Big girl, Alyssa. (laughs) Good for you. Putting you to work. Yeah. Wow. Scalloped potatoes sounds so good. That potatoes is a real star for me. Mm -hmm. Like that's really gotta be. Oh, I was also embarrassed because we ate the turkey, we ate everything. And then later, uh, Tony's parents were like, I feel like we fucked up with the brine and it was a little salty. And I think it was just like a little too salty. And I was like, and everybody was like, mm, yeah, a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> I loved it. Like, do I have, is my barometer off for salt? Like, I thought that was the perfect turkey. Like I have no idea. And every, and then Tony went to eat seconds and he was like, yeah, I guess this is a little salty. And I was like, I'm the crazy person. Like I'm taking crazy pills. This is a flawless turkey to me. That now is so I'm funny. self-conscious. Maybe I cook with too much salt. I would never tell anyone that their cooking was too salty. And also, so it's Hanukkah right now as well. Happy Hanukkah, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Um, I cooked a little Hanukkah dinner for some friends and I like made all this chicken and I made latkes and all this stuff. And I made matzo balls from scratch. Wow. Very scary, but they turned out okay. And then, so Mike and I were going to Disneyland the next morning and we were so excited that when we were doing the dishes, I just like forgot that there was like some extra chicken in the oven and I just left it in the oven for a day and a half. <laughs> we got home from Disneyland and I was like, I need a pan. And I looked in the oven and I was like, oh, oh shit. No. It's a good thing there's no like maggots or anything. Yeah, like in any, here. Yeah, creatures. So yeah, the that was really lucky. Come it, back. Was a, it was a Hanukkah miracle, actually. A Hanukkah miracle. <laughs> I have to say I, uh, you were the very first gift that I wrapped and it is oh. so Christmassy, Alyssa, you cannot believe it. Oh, <laughs> and, then, great. and then Lady Levitt was my second and she's also Jewish. And I was oh. like, I've only wrapped the, for my Jewish friends in the most Christmassy, <laughs> like happy. It says like Merry Christmas on the package. Oh. But I actually love Christmas though. I'm not like a lot of, there's a lot of Jewish people who really take personal offense to Christmas, which I, I totally understand. It's very hard to find Hanukkah decorations. Like I think if we made it, if it may, if it felt like more inclusive, if there's more available, maybe there wouldn't be so much resentment, but, um, Mm -hmm. I, I love Christmas. It's so fun and happy. So I appreciate that. Yay. All right. Let's get down to business. Let's talk about the messiest breakup of the year. Uh, how did Lala not see this coming? Yeah, like it's to a open bummer. The floor. It's like when you know when your girlfriend like gets together with somebody, maybe through cheating or they had cheated in their past or whatever, and you want to think like people change and this is special and like you know hopefully this won't happen again and they're being smart about it. But it's like I just don't know. Look, we don't really know the full extent to which Lala participated in some kind of sugar baby relationship while Rand was allegedly married. But Mm -hmm. seeing these text messages, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure it's a very similar situation to how she got introduced to him. If you guys haven't seen basically Rand and honestly, I'm like impressed with however this came out I would have never found these text messages he sends them from like multiple different phone numbers in vanish mode and then he sends them from his own phone number also in vanish mode I didn't even know that we had a vanish mode just normal Mm -hmm. texting 
Um, cause you're a good person and thank you so much. And <laughs> I like, it's been a long time since I've been like psycho sleuth. Cause I trust Mike, but I used to be like this. I used to know all the tricks. And now if I had to like suddenly distrust him, I realized like the game has changed. The te- yeah. Technology <laughs> has advanced. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the text messages were ran like to all these different girls being like, you like daddy, like you party hard, like <laughs> speaking, like just, it's so, I just don't, he like, he clearly just wants to do Coke and like, yeah, you talk like, to them, like yeah, <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. And he's really seems really obsessed with being like talking to them like a baby or whatever and, and being called yeah. daddy and all this stuff. And that's tough since he just had a baby. Like, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't this know. Is your act, you're an actual dad with a real I, baby. I really you know, had a low opinion of Rand and these text messages were somehow so much worse than I thought they would ever be. Yeah. It made me feel gross about the few moments of me, like taking it easy on him, especially this season where he's gotten so much screen time and has been championed as this like trophy husband situation. And he's like, I made you a cake if you were self bestseller or not. And like being a Herbie Rand is a stand up man. Um, and then I read these text messages and I feel it makes me feel gross about ever having not thought he was an absolute like lake monster. What he looks like. Um, yeah. What he <laughs> looking looks like. It's also, it feels like this is a lot of me passing judgment with a very little that I know, but it seems like this is like, you know, sort of in the sex addiction territory of this is like a behavior that is repetitive and he's figured out a way he's gone to great lengths to keep this a big part of his life. And, um, that's super sad and fucked up. It also is a bummer. I would feel, uh, you know, in my experience of being cheated on, it makes you feel ugly and stupid and it makes you feel insecure. And for Lala to feel who is like so beautiful and not that stupid to be made such a fool of after also being like, I am giving my man what he wants in the bedroom and making that like part of her brand, forgive my pun. Um, that makes it all the more embarrassing to me. If I'm her, I would be like, I, I like make a bit about how I landed you because I gave you the most fantastic blowjob in the world. And now you're shouting from the rooftops that it is not. Yeah, she really appears to work very hard in that bedroom. Harder than I've ever worked. And exactly. Worked hard she feels sometimes. like exactly, exactly. <laughs> That's why I'm saying this is such a small part of it. I don't mean to make it sound as though like everything sexual about it or what people think is what, what matters. Like what matters is it sucks that she was building a life with a person who then absolutely betrayed her in like horrible, horrible ways. And she has a kid to think about. But just that part of her her public persona and the public persona of their relationship being that she hooked him by being such like a sex kitten. And then to be postpartum and to find all this out is like, really, it would be so brutal to my like female ego. Um, but homegirl is, uh, changed her tattoo used to say Rand. (laughs) Now it says brand new and she is making merch. And I was so close to buying it for us. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, she has shirts and everything. So I'm like, mm, her little baby is so Lala? cute. And I will say, like, you know, some women who are in relationships where they've stayed, like for the kids or whatever, have said later on, like, oh my God, I would have been so much better off if I just left, even with a baby. Yes. And so yes. that's very hard. That's like such a hard decision to make. So good for her. She's strong. She's crafty. 
you know, she's still working. She's not beholden yeah, make to money. his money. Also, I mean, I'm sorry, but like, first of all, they never got married. So I think that's actually really good for Thank her God. In situation. Second yeah. of all, he's getting sued like fucking left and right. And yeah. then in these text messages, he's saying like, can I buy you a condo to fuck you in? And I'm like, pay your child support, you piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> you don't have money. You yeah. don't have any money. You late monster. Black. I will I will say all of this is part of why I have felt as of the past two weeks, like Vanderpump as a show right now is kind of on its way out for me. Okay. I think this is sort of part of its final death sentence. If I'm in the party that makes these decisions, all reality shows deal with this. And we see it a lot with like the bachelor and bachelorette, especially, but this sense that everybody in the cast is so, um, so prominent in terms of social media and just like tabloid type news, we are caught up beyond the show. So now like it kind of makes watching Lala in this season lose, there's so much air sucked out of the tires for me in terms Mm -hmm. of watching anything she's saying or doing or anything that it's like somewhat morbidly fascinating when she comes on or she's talking about Rand, but more sad than anything. And it just makes me want to get on my phone and go look at Instagram posts or listen to podcasts or just go to her directly. It just, it, it doesn't add value to the show being on air right now. I think it takes away from it. And I also think some of the the, the drama that's shaping out right now with the show is either like too dark. It's making me feel yeah. weird. IE Sheena and Brock and some of the like crazy stuff that's happening with Raquel and James, or it's like at the opposite end where it's really, really silly and stupid. And I'm not invested enough in these characters to really care. Um, yeah. so it's a little bit of both of those things. That's making me go, eh, you know what, this is not as, as fun and substantial and as juicy as it used to be to me. I feel like we've been let down on three occasions in a major way by this show. I feel like the fact that this is not on camera is a huge issue. Like, obviously, she'll get asked about it at the reunion, but that's it. I would have loved to have seen someone present this information to her, which would be Mm. vintage Vanderpump. Yeah. Um, I feel like not getting any of their pregnancies on camera was a huge mistake, especially since Mm -hmm. they were all weirdly pregnant at the same time and would have been like competitive about it. And then I, after doing some soul searching, feel like I wish I would have seen Stassi and Kristen get called out for what they did to Faith on the show. I think that Mm. that would have been like a really interesting full circle moment for us. And then, you know, maybe they could have not been asked back after that. But that just also seems like a conversation that we as viewers, like who have committed this much time into the show, Mm -hmm. deserve to see. Um, Mm. So I don't disagree with you. Yeah, I do have kind of like probably the wrong opinion this week that I wanted to share. <laughs> oh, so, tell me. <laughs> so um, the whole restaurant situation with Katie and Sandoval, right? Yeah. And like, like, obviously Katie seems to know, you know, seems to have a good head on her shoulders. I don't understand like why she wants to be involved with this. But I will say now that we know that Sandoval's parents are investing in the restaurant, Kind of not her call, you know? Like, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. If my fucking parents were paying for something, like if I was starting a business and my parents were paying for something and then like Patrick, Mike's writing partner, like wanted to weigh in, I would be like, sure, I'll like consider your opinion. But at the end of the day, like if your parents want to pay for something, then like, or yeah. you want to pay for something, then like we can have equal opinions, but we just don't like financially no. speaking, you know? Right. So 
it's just kind of weird that everybody's acting like, oh, Sandoval is being such a baby and like Katie actually knows her shit. And it's like, Katie, then put up your money. You know, I, I don't That's know. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. I did start to, especially by this week, be like, why are you trying so hard? Yeah. And I understood the, oh, well, her and Tom had talked about opening their own spot. And then this kind of like pulled the rug out from under her. And I'm like, sure, that's totally disappointing. But that's also, that's a different thing. You mm-hmm. don't go, okay, well then I'll just come do your thing. It's like, ooh, no, that's different. Um, but yeah, no, you're a thousand percent right. I think that it should be, that should then be a discussion that they need to have. You know, it's just like if you're in a relationship relationship and you're deciding to share finances, but then right. you're like, all right, well, this, what does this mean in terms of, the weight of my opinion and the value of my opinion. And during a situation, like, when do I have a say and when don't I, because of how much money I've put down and et cetera, et cetera. You have to talk about that super bluntly. And that's clearly not a conversation that Tom and Tom have had, or Tom and has had with Katie. I have to say, uh, I don't know if I've shared this before on the pod, but this is actually reminding me. So Mike used to have a roommate who had a girlfriend who needed to stay rent free in their apartment for a while And from my perspective, speaking solely for myself, took advantage of the situation. And there was, it came to a point where she was taking art off the walls and like putting up her own stuff, right? And Mike, who had been like so flexible up to this point, that was just like, hey man, like I actually really like that. Like I put that there. And so can you please talk to your girlfriend and tell her like, that's not cool, you know? Mm-hmm. And so luckily his roommate was like very cool about it and was like, no problem, I'll have to talk with her. And she was like, well, I clean. So when do I get to have a say in like what this place looks like? And it's like, when you pay rent. And that's like kind yeah. of how I feel about this situation. Yeah, it's exactly you know? it. It's like- exactly it. That's precisely it. Yeah, it's like, nobody's here to disrespect you. You're allowed to be here. Like yeah. you're you're staying here. And like, there's a there's a very like safe and friendly and logical way for Katie to step in and like give her two cents. And like, yeah. and that's different than being like upset when it's not taken. Like that's, those are, those are different things. And yeah, anyway, and kinda... then that girl framed a topless picture of herself in the kitchen. So I feel like Katie should just do that in the restaurant. No! <laughs> I'll that's never so forget it. Bold. Also, it's really funny. <laughs> I would never, I, I think the, the move of taking down and I've done some passive aggressive shit as a roommate taking down someone's thing and then you f- putting yours up is like cartoonishly psychotic to me. It like, was a weird move. <laughs> it would be weird to even just hang your own art in someone else's apartment, but it would be, it's weirder to be like replacing art in someone else's apartment being like, where do you want me to put this? Cause I took it down. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> Why did you, what are you talking about? <laughs> anyway. That's so bizarre. But yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta agree with you. I think like that's an example of when you start to like zoom out from the situation. You're like, oh, wait, yeah, fuck that. Like, that does this make no sense that like, Katie's so upset? But they started so small and it's yeah. like, they're being disrespectful to Katie. And now you have more information. You're like, oh, no, this is business, baby. <laughs> business. Uh, let's talk about The Bachelorette. Okay. <laughs> I think generally I'm pretty fucking bored. But I have mm-hmm. little nitpicky observations that I, first of all, I have a note, no more high schools. Yeah. I'm like getting so weirded out by how often they're making out by lockers. And like, I don't know what bachelor producer was like broken up with at prom, but stop with the fucking proms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 
over watching these adults like put on prom dresses and have to awkwardly dance alone around a few balloons on the ground and act as if that's the like most romantic thing. It's stupid. It's low budget. It's dumb. I don't make it eighties. Don't make it magic under the sea. Don't do prom and no more schools. I don't get it. Um, I, I feel bad about Brandon making it this far because he's one of those people where he feels very young and very naive. And like, he may in fact, very much be infatuated with Michelle. Um, and it seems like he's probably going to get his heart broken, which makes me sad. I was aghast to find out he had a family member who got to delay their appointment. <laughs> like, is that legal? There's so much in this country that makes no fucking sense to me. And that is now at the top of the list. Like he was supposed to be deployed with the Navy and he got to stay back to do a hometown episode of the bachelorette. That's crazy. It's very funny. It's also very funny to be like, okay, like I'm going to, you, you pick a thing. That's totally you. That's what you like to do in your free time to, so she can get to know you one of your favorite hobbies and you suck at it. You're such a terrible skateboarder. You took the words right out of my mouth. Those were my two Brandon notes. I was like, Brandon, sad. He's going to get his heart broken. Weird about this Navy deployment thing. And lastly, fucking he was so embarrassing. He was so bad at skateboarding. It looked like he had never skateboarded in his life. And he was like, I don't know. Now Michelle's here. My legs are like jello. And it would be so totally nerve wracking. This is why I don't fucking lie on my resume because Mm -hmm. I have seen this happen. This happened in American Vandal where, uh, in season two, they asked if they could get a real basketball team to come and do basketball in the background of a scene. And they were about to shoot it. And I was like, oh, did you get like, who are they? Are these like background actors or what? And Tony was like, no, they're, it's a basketball team that like volunteered to do it. And I was like, oh, it is. That's, is that a basketball team? And it was a fucking girls volleyball team. No. And they had to, and then Amber had to come in and Amber was visiting (laughs) and Amber, who's a real basketball player had to come in and they changed the whole shot. So it's just her doing free throws. (gasps) And then the, and she's surrounded by volleyball players. And I was like, this is because people lie to get on camera. And so the fact that they were not basketball players, isn't that crazy? It's so funny. And it's also, I just personally find it very funny because I don't respect volleyball players at all. (laughs) I'm like, you guys are like hot girls who didn't want to learn how to play basketball, even though you're tall enough. So fuck you. You should have played basketball. If you can jump that high, you need to fucking learn how to dribble a basketball. (laughs) I like if you were just going to be like, I don't like volleyball players because they're liars. Like that story doesn't surprise (laughs) me at all. They're fucking liars. But it's not the first case of me hearing about people being like, oh, sure. I'll just say that I can ride horses or I'll say that I know yoga. Like there's stuff that people are like, I get the gist. Like if you, if you made me, what are they going to make me do? And I never, ever do that shit because I'm so (laughs) terrified that I'm going to go to set and they're going to make me do crazy stuff. And I'm like, I actually lied through my teeth to get on camera. It's totally fine to say like, I am athletic and I'm willing to learn, or I'm a quick learner or whatever, but Mm -hmm. to be like, oh no. Yeah. I fully play basketball when you're a volleyball player is insane. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's a different thing. And they were so cute and nervous. They were like, we actually were not basketball players. And I was so validated because I knew I was like, Tony, was like, no, they're going to be basketball players. Like we asked for basketball players. We're going to get basketball players. And I was like, no, dude, you're shooting a TV show. And you're asking, like, it's basically an open call for these people. And like, if a bunch of girls get together and like, do you want to just say we're basketball players, then they're going to get on the show. It's 
crazy. So I feel like there's a little bit of, Hey, Brandon, like, what are you good at? Here's a couple of options. And him being like, I know how to, yeah, I know that I know skateboarding sort of let's do that. I could also totally see. And this is like probably how I am with skiing where it's like, when I was like, young and in middle school and like even up to high school I was like I can fucking ski like I ski all the time Mm -hmm. with my family whatever and I haven't skied since then and so if they were like hey do you like know how to ski I'd be like yeah 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 totally no problem and then I'd probably end up breaking my ankle or something yeah that he wasn't injured honestly I know because they were like can you stop and like also what an unsexy thing to just like watch a guy fail in front of you (laughs) for like 40 minutes like ew (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with that. She I'm was very an unforgiving nice witch. Yeah, she was very nice. I would have been like, mm, no. Um, but and then I one of the more real and genuine I love yous that we've ever seen in the entire franchise history was between Joe and his stepdad. <laughs> oh, wait, was it Joe and his stepdad? Or what's the other guy's name? It was the last one. Oh, you're yeah. right. So it was Nate. Yeah. It was Nate. Okay. Uh-huh. But his, um, so it, that was like the first time they said, I love you to each other. Yes. Because Nate is the one who has never brought a guy back. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, half yeah. watching. Can you guys know? It's okay. Me too. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not going to lie. I'm really not impressed by the last two seasons of the bachelor bachelor. Yeah. yeah. So I'm having a tough time remembering their names, but mm-hmm. yeah, he, it's also interesting because he seemed so he seems very like suave when he's with her and then watching him with his family, he was so like childish. It was weird. And they were all Mm. like, he's not ready for this. He doesn't even understand what love is. And I was like, it's kind of unfair to put that on him because maybe he just doesn't share every relationship with you. And obviously no one has been the one until this point. And I also thought it was kind of unfair that his stepdad was saying like, how do you know that this is going to last long-term versus if you just feel love for right now. And I'm like, you don't, that's the answer yeah, is you don't know yeah, until you try, knows. Yeah. you know, so no one, if everyone could predict that, then no one would ever get into the wrong relationship and like waste their yeah. own time. So I just thought that was like a dumb question to put so much pressure on him in that way. But he did just seem very like immature when he was with them. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It was also not, yeah. I feel like the past two episodes have just been like pretty predictable and pretty boring in especially this hometown one didn't have like a funny cast of characters to me like I love when a hometown has like one kooky aunt or like Katie Thurston's like mean ass aunt or like Peter Weber's crazy ass mom like get some of these like big personnel everybody just seemed very nice oh my god (laughs) by the way Katie and Blake woke up and she's dating that week two guy did you see that yes oh my god John, Joe, John, I don't know, but yeah, dating a completely different person, but still from her show. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely bonkers. We think she's going to pick Joe, right? Uh, yeah, I do. I, I also thought, I thought Joe has sort of, um, the vibes of like, he might leave for a while. Like I thought he, Mm. if, because there's always somebody who leaves, like who self eliminates. Um, but now I, I think she probably just picks Joe. Yeah. I don't know. Which is like kind of a bummer. Cause it's like, we, I predicted that the first episode it is. Yeah. I think it is. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe she surprises us or maybe he surprises us, but it's a little, it's a little predictable. It's getting a little little old. Um, 
you know, it was not so predictable. Just kidding. I just wanted to transition. I think this was pretty predictable. It was um, Nicki Minaj on the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion. Oh my God. It was wild. She was like really going after everybody. Did you yeah. like that? What did you think? Um, in general, I liked it because it was kind of fun to see them squirm. But then because of that, it made me a lot more empathetic when they were made to be uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. everybody knows I hate Candace. I've, I've felt for Candace when Nicki Minaj was like, just sing, just sing part of your song. Just like mm-hmm. sing it right now, acapella. I was like, oh my God, that's terrifying. And she did it. And I was, I thought it was impressive. And I know Andy came out and was like, that's really like, good job. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm really proud of you. That's a big deal. And you did a good job. It's scary. Um, I think it's fun to do like one special episode like this, but mm-hmm. Andy does such a good job. The reunions are what the reunions are because of that. And, um, I think it was like a fun special episode. Um, not fun for them. I would say it seemed really scary, yeah. but it's, it's interesting to have somebody finally be like, okay, Ashley, you're really telling me that you were attracted to Michael Darby. Like, <laughs> no, you weren't. And like, so she was kind of, she asked a lot of the things that we wanted to know. But we're all bitches. So it seemed like everyone was in the hot seat. What yeah, did you it think? Was, I, I I think I liked parts of it. And it let her, you know, be a little bit looser than Andy is normally allowed to be. But her just going, she kind of just like any little peep out of anybody, she just turned around and snapped at them. And that's part of the fun. You know, like, I don't love when they just start yelling at each other for so long and we can't hear. And Andy's like, guys, you know, I don't like that mm-hmm. vibe. But it did. It just seemed like she really did not fucking like Candace at all and was going yeah. after her for no reason. And then also, you know, that I love my girl, Ashley, and I feel like she wasn't given a lot of respect. And it's like, what do you, I'm sorry, what do you want from her? Like her husband literally went through like getting accused of assault on the show and she continued to be on the show. Yeah. So I don't know how you can come to her and say like she doesn't have a storyline like she's had a baby. Mm-hmm. Even Candace was like she had a baby like the yes. second week of the show. I liked that. I liked yeah. that the that the you know, the intensity of it all kind of unified the cast yeah. in a way where <laughs> like to watch Candace be like, whoa, Nikki, calm down. Ashley just had a baby. I was like, wow, yeah, back her up, girl. Yeah. Like you guys are in this together. Um, I, I think it's, it's interesting when people are like, oh, so-and-so is fighting for screen time. It makes me think about the psychology of, you know, in some cases screen time is good because you're, you know, you're getting more screen time and then you're, you're gaining more popularity, but also like more screen time usually means that you're in more hot water and you're like deeper in the drama. Mm -hmm. And like, so to say like you were fighting for screen time, I'm like, I don't know if that's, I don't know if people are fighting for just screen time. They're fighting to get on the right side of the fight or fighting for the right side of drama. But anybody who's fighting for screen time, is like the people who are willing to like blow their lives up to get on camera. But I have a question. Did I misunderstand that Mia does threesomes with G? Did she say that? She does, right? Yeah, like I think she said that they bring women into the bed. Yeah, just women and not men. And not men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's wild. It's that's like such a lesson though, and like how the housewives works. It's like if you just completely own something, no matter how insane it is, people will leave you alone. But if you yeah. try to hide it, it'll become yes. a whole season storyline. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. It's like if you just say it, you get ahead of the story, then it like loses steam so quickly. Yeah. So much. Um, (laughs) oh, have we not discussed, uh, the ultimate girls trip? Oh, yes. I feel like we, it was nice that we didn't plan to discuss this because sometimes it's nice to just like watch and not have to take 
uh, notes mm-hmm. and all of that. So it was very enjoyable to watch. I think we actually have a couple episodes left, but I am, yeah. it seems like the internet is very divided on like the look behind the curtain aspect of this, hearing them talk so openly about the logistics of the show, but I'm very much enjoying it. How do yeah. you feel? I love that part of it. I love hearing them. I'd watched the first two, three episodes, mm-hmm. whatever was like first release on Peacock. So I think it was three. Yeah. Um, and seeing them share their, you know, for lack of a better word, audition stories and like their casting stories, I guess is a better way to put it is really fascinating and really fun. And then to see their egos amongst each other about like, who is more popular, who started this. And I think that that's so, so, so fascinating. Um, and it still is, it makes me feel like any drama that they are having on this show is particularly real. Mm-hmm. There's something about it that felt more raw to me because there was no pretending that they were being anything other than the real housewives. And that made it feel a little bit more personal, a little bit more authentic. I do think everybody was amping their game up a little bit to be a little like saucy and spicy because they only had seven days together and we're trying <laughs> to like prove a point and be the MVP, if you will. I it made me love Melissa Gorga even more. The fact that everyone on the island agrees that she's the best made me so obsessed. She's like so clearly like the girl's girl and is everyone's friend. And I could have peed myself laughing from Teresa not understanding the scarecrow dig. Like I think like her being like, what? So So she's a scarecrow. What are you telling me? She's a tin man. She's empty too. They're all empty. You're telling me they don't have, okay. So they don't have brains either. She's a fucking, (laughs) she's a can. So, and I like, that was such classic Teresa. I also took a video. I'll have to post it of her being like, I invented the table flip. Yeah. Like that's me. I invented it. So I think it's great. I don't, I think like doing a version of this show without getting meta is stupid. Yeah, because then when we're watching, it's just like predictable. Yeah, and there's no, I mean, the best part of the housewives to me, a lot of the time is like conflict that stems out of like actual family drama and actual personal connections. And so, you know, that's not going to happen here. So I think it was really smart to like sort of interview everyone as a retrospective on their time on the show. I can't believe that Teresa, like Teresa and Melissa still cannot agree about how they both started. It's just so crazy. And there's such different stories and they both just go, I guess we'll agree to disagree. I have very few things with close friends or family members that are a let's Let's just like put this on the fucking back burner and agree to disagree. But they're like opinion based. (laughs) They're all like, it's like an opinion or like something that we don't see eye to eye on in terms of what are like morally. And that is so different than whether or not Andy gave you a phone call or you gave him a phone. Like those are literal events. And they're, they have such different stories that someone is right. And they're both like, well, we're both right. It's like, no, you're not. You're it's not. also like, I I'm wondering too, if it was like a trick that the producers actually did tell both of them exactly what they think <gasps> happened. And then just Ooh, never uh... like, just sort of like played both sides of it and never cleared it up. And so like, there is no way to ever actually clear it up. I do. I sense that there is a lot of placating around Teresa. Mm-hmm. I would, I could see a lot of people 
working with Teresa being like, ex- yes, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> and Melissa being like, that's not what happened, Teresa, you know it. And Teresa being like, no, that's what they said. And it's, it's yeah. Just- or like Melissa just being a little more savvy about like the, you know, subtext and tree being like, what? Like, yeah. <laughs> just like not what? getting it. Um, oh my God. We never talked about Melissa and Sierra's like weird fab fit fun Marshall's commercial. Did you see that one watching winter house? Jesus Christ. I was like, you're both better than this. And also I am, I did truly like perk up at the, at Sierra and, and, uh, Melissa in a commercial. I was like, this is for me. I'll buy whatever this is. And then they just proceeded to take a big dump on my expectations with the worst performance in a commercial I've ever seen. Like, why were they both so stiff and uncomfortable and like making fun of themselves? So they, they looked like they were like doing a fake like <laughs> sketch. I don't know. Yeah. Also, they put like a sleeveless metallic pink oh, pussy bow yes. top on Sierra. Yes. Was, like the most stunning woman alive. And it looked horrendous. I was well, like, your you- memory. It's really so want to get me to never shop at Marshall's you've accomplished it yeah exactly <laughs> I'm blown away by how you remembered exactly every detail of that disgusting top but yeah exactly. I was like I will buy whatever they are selling and then they they shit on Marshall's they shit on their talents and they did not give a fuck very weird um it reminded me of obviously it's not the same thing but it reminded me of all the funny ad placements in the hills <laughs> when when Audrina will be like putting on like crest whitening strips before going mm-hmm. out mm-hmm. um oh before we go oh wait I had two things okay uh one is a show selling sunset is back what a treat it's I wild love selling sunset I've only watched the first couple episodes because I really want to like take my time and I'm trying to just like relax and just watch it I will say what is the name of the woman who she's been like she's been the one who's been pregnant um the past few seasons. She has a really pretty accent. Was she Israeli? Yes. I forget her name, but she's the Israeli one. Yes. And she, <laughs> when they introduced the new character, Vanessa, mm-hmm. who is replacing Christine while Christine's going to be on maternity leave. And she comes in and she's like, I actually, sorry, I can't even, I was actually so uncomfortable that I laugh. Is that she was like, I'm Part of why I'm becoming a realtor is because my sister suddenly passed away and she was a realtor and she always thought I would be a good realtor. And all of the women are like, oh my God, that's so sad. And they're all crying and they're all like there for her. And she's like opening up and being really vulnerable. And then someone goes, how did she, may I ask, like, how did she die? And Vanessa goes, it was a a complication. It was a side effect of a new medication that she was on. And the, the woman whose name I can't remember just goes, Oh, shoot. (laughs) (laughs) The funniest reaction I could possibly. I was, I rewound it. Oh, shoot. Like, oh my God. And I don't know. I don't know if it was just like her being nervous and uncomfortable or if like she thinks, oh, shoot, is like a much higher stakes response than it is, but it could not have been funnier to me it's just i what a great show (laughs) uh christine is so terrifying um she the way she was dressed she's walking around nine months pregnant she -hmm. has like the biggest red lip on her face you've ever seen her everything is pointy on her so pointy everything's yeah she looks like 
both at the same time, like she would burn you if you touched her or like freeze <laughs> your finger off. Like she's like, what, um, what is the, what is the ice that has like fog come off? Dry ice. Right. I bet yeah. she feels like dry ice. <laughs> if she was walking around Disneyland, I'd be like, oh, Cruella DeVille is pregnant. Like this is gr- like, she looks like a character. It's crazy. That is her vibe. I also love that in the very first episode, when she met her husband, it was because she was showing him her dream house. And this was season three. And she was like, I dreamt of being in this house. And now I met the guy who was going to buy it for me. And we're going to move in. And I'm in my dream house. It's a spectacular, like multi, multi-million dollar mansion. And first episode of the season, she's like, our house is a small little shoebox of shit. It's disgusting and small. <laughs> It's like just no, no acknowledgement of the fact that like the whole previous season was built around her dream home being this house. Now she's like, it's garbage. I'm moving forward. I need something modest, like a $15 million home. Nothing that's more than like a hundred thousand square feet. It's (laughs) fucking crazy. She's like, I turn, it's a five bedroom home, but I turn the other, it's really like two bedrooms because I turn the other three into closets. Into closets. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, she is. She's great TV. She knows what she's doing. But yeah, yeah I'm just getting I'm getting a kick out of it. I still love Chriselle. I do want something to happen for me to like Chriselle less, though. I'm like yeah. hating myself for how much I love Chriselle. Something. Are we going to see her hook up with one of the Oppenheim guys? I think so. I think we okay. at least start it here. We've got to. And I don't know which one it is. Couldn't tell you. I don't know yeah. if I'll ever be able to tell you. Me neither. Honestly, I can't tell most of them apart. Like, they're yeah, so that's why I, that's why we can't remember that woman's name. I barely know any of their names. I know Chriselle because she was like in the headlines so much, and uh, we love the way that she got her name. So that's mm-hmm. why we know Chriselle. But the rest of them are really foggy to me for sure. Also, um, have you watched the episode where like Mary gets like French Montana's home as a listing yet? Yes, yes. That's a, yeah, episode two. I was low key like French Montana needs to update his tile and shit. Like this doesn't look. <laughs> That's good. why he's selling the house, right? I was like, yeah, this yeah. looks kind of tacky in some ways. Obviously, super expensive, but it was in Calabasas, and like obviously, I didn't grow up in a home like that. But I know the style of those homes very well, and I'm like, this looks like a piece of shit that like you know people lost all their savings over in 2008. Uh, yeah, economy it, crash. It reminded me of when my mom decorated one of our kitchens as like Tuscany themed. Yeah, and everything was like deep red and like had that sort of yellowish, like aged tile vibe. Yeah. Um. Oh, the last thing I was gonna say is, uh, everybody got their Spotify year in review, right? Mm-hmm. Were you proud of yours? Oh, I don't really, I don't really use Spotify. So I don't even know. I don't know how to use Spotify. Okay. You guys, I don't know how to get that thing. I don't know how to like play what I want to play on there. I get made fun of all the time for it. So now, you know, wow. I really exposed. I did not know that would be your answer. (laughs) I, I am not at the biggest, like I listen to music while I'm driving, I, but I'm not like, I, I'm not proud of my music tastes. I like, I like pop music and I just like, like basic, I'm pretty basic. Um, but the Spotify does this cute, like year interview and it shows you what you listen to the most and like your top songs and podcasts and like where you listen to stuff and whatever. And, uh, my sister-in-law, Brittany, whose birthday it is this weekend. So happy hmm. birthday, Brittany. She, we were her top listen to podcast. And she got this notification, which I will share on the Instagram, 
but it said, uh, it was like, say thanks. Like you, here's your year in review. Your number one podcast is table flipping with Alyssa Littman and Taylor Mishak. And yes, it's totally normal to consider your favorite podcast host, a member of your family. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I am bitch, but it was very cute. It has like a cute little logo pop up. Um, and then I think we were, we were on like Mary Ryan's too. I've just gotten little texts from people that we were in their year interview, which is that's so nice. Thank you, everybody. We really appreciate that. Now I feel bad that we didn't say happy Thanksgiving to any of you. I know (laughs) that was our bad, our bad, you guys. (laughs) Um, but that's, that's it for this week. (laughs) 